It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Showing your good side to the world has its rewards. When you become a plasma donor at Griffles, you'll help save lives and receive compensation for your time and effort. Up to $800 your first month. Use it for whatever you or your family may need now or in the future. You can donate plasma up to twice a week. And it's safe and simple at Griffles. Thousands of people are already doing it. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day to all of the fellow listeners of In the Marbles Weekly Podcast, now named Rambling About Racing with In the Marbles. And we have, like I said last week, we got a lot of changes coming up. First and foremost, the name change and Rambling About Racing within the Marbles. I said that a few episodes ago and said, I don't want anybody taking that. So I went ahead and took it and we have another addition to the show been a guest many times at the show. Charlie Herkus is now an official host of In the Marbles, our third host. Charlie, glad that you're here for the relaunch and rebranding, I guess you could say, of In the Marbles, now rambling about racing. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. Long day at work, spent some time at the shop, and glad to be here for the relaunch episode. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Like I said, a few, like I said last week, this this was an idea of mine that I had, and it, it just kind of took root, and I wanted to go forward with it. I ran it by you, brought you on as a show, onto the show. Preston is still here, however. He's still going through family issues. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers, him and his family. I'll have him talk about it if whenever he comes back on. He is not excluded from the show. Preston is still here. However, now Charlie Herkus is going to be a part of our weekly racing podcast here at Ramblin' About Racing within the Marbles. Don't worry, the name hasn't changed. The website's still the same, in the marbles.net. The Twitter link's still the same, at Marbles In. In the Marbles weekly racing podcast on Facebook is still the same. The name of the podcast has changed. We're going to slowly incorporate Ramblin' About Racing into everything as far as social media and the website, but... This is the relaunch, and what's great about this relaunch is what we're doing here in this rebranding is that it's just going to be an extended what you think. And we're, 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 what the plan of the show is, it's kind of like, and, and Charlie, you back me up on this. It's more 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 of an open platform, so to speak. Not not so many segments, I would say. Right. Um, it, it's, it's from start to finish, uh, uh, open platform and you know bring your thoughts to the table and we'll discuss them yeah it's an extended what you think that's the best way i could put it just an extended what you think we're going to have the opportunity if you want to be a part of the show next week let us know use hashtag what you think itm still and when you watch the races and stuff say hey i brought i heard this or i saw this i want to bring it up to you and ask you guys what you think and you could be on the show with us and just talk about racing. And another addition to this is that uh, Charlie and I will be drinking uh, ice-cold brewskis while we do the show. So cheers, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. And the idea behind it is every time you go to a NASCAR race, whether you're just there for the day or the weekend or the week, depending on how dedicated you are to camping from start to finish of a race weekend, is that you go around with a few beers. And it doesn't matter what campsite you go to, what tailgate site you go to, what flags they have flying, whether it be Kyle Busch, Ryan Newman, Ryan Blaney, doesn't matter. You could sit down, crack open a cold beer with them, and talk racing to anybody. And that's kind of the premise of what we want on the show now. And it's going to be a lot of fun. 
It's going to be great fan interaction. If you want to be a part of it, again, drop us a line on all social media platforms. Use hashtag what you think ITM. We'll reach out to you, ask if you want to be on the show. And you can just talk racing with me, Charlie, and Preston. Yep. Send, uh, like Matt said, send a, you know, send something to us on, on Twitter or via Facebook or something like that. Reach out to um, us on in the marbles.net. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be happy to get you on the show. Uh, you know, let's hear your opinion. Let, let's hear what you got to say. And whether we agree or disagree, we'll, we'll talk it out. And we'll, we'll have a beer and, while and we go, do it. Go from there. And that's so kind of the way it is. Be, It'd be just like a couple episodes ago. As as soon as I called in, I just let Preston have it. I mean, that was funny. I, I, I called him out. I mean, hey, by all means, call us out on something that you don't disagree. You you or if you do disagree with us on something, hey, let us know. Let's let's, let's talk it out. This is what this is about now. So by all means, right? It, it, it's meant to make it more interactive, more fun, just more open to the public so to speak and it's what we're here for yeah it's gonna be it's and it's so much fun because i love talking to fans about racing i could talk about racing all day i know when i talk to blind spotting when we do our race day show race day on on the unhinged sports network whenever we do i haven't been doing it lately you know we'll spend 30 minutes just talking about racing and talking about everything there is that that we have noticed on racing that's what we want to kind of bring here we're good we will get those guys back on and just talk racing with them. We will get fast lap back on and talk racing about them as well. It's just one of those things where we could just open it up to anybody. We're still going to have driver interviews. And what's great about driver interviews now is that Charlie's actually a driver and he could ask him the more technical questions that instead of just where are you from? What do you, what do you race? And where do you race? Just, Hey, how do you do this with the car? Whatever, whatever Charlie talks drivers drivers with the other chart. you know, it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> With yeah. for, for no, lack of better and, words. Um, especially next year, um, or possibly even later this year, but definitely planning into next year when we try to make it me, Matt, and Preston collectively to some races and and, and do the show at the races. Um, whether that be we plan on staying Sunday night after the races, and we do the show following the Sunday afternoon race. That'd be great. You know, like last year, we had plenty of uh, people around us. Hey, we'll we'll pull some fans over that are camping right next to us. Bring them on the show. Yeah. Let's hear what they got to say. And as long as you have a beer in your hand, it doesn't matter when you're at a NASCAR race. They're going to talk to you about, they, hey, free beer. You want to be on the show? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe a koozie or two thrown in there. But this is great. Yeah. I'm excited that we're doing this. This is going to be, I mean, I keep saying it's going to be a lot of fun. Because I feel like the show before was just so, like, so like you know, technical. And like, I don't want to get technical because I hear a lot of people say, you're, you know what you're talking about. But you're very technical in what you talk about. It's not fun for the average fan, I guess. I mean, if you just enjoy going to the races, having a few beers, and watching NASCAR or Formula One or Indy or whatever whatever auto yeah. sport that you're at, you just want to sit there and talk racing. You don't want to get into the weeds. I mean, some people do. I like getting into the weeds, but not no, all I, the time. You know, I, I like the technical side, especially from the driver aspect of it. But at the same time, when we were all up at the Roval race a couple of years ago, I, that was the first time I was on the show. Here I am cracking a beer at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. 9 a.m. and you're cracking a beer. It's like, dude, wait till double digits, man. I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was a great experience for us. It, it introduced everybody to you, and you've just been with the show forever. And I don't know why we didn't do it sooner to have you on to the show as a, a real host, but... Uh, first year is a learning curve. It real, it really is, and we're coming up actually on year two here in September, and yeah. we're six episodes away at when this episode comes out to episode one hundred. And we've learned a lot these episodes, and and we continue to learn. Try to bring you guys the best racing content, a different podcast instead of just talking. Hey, this is what happened this past weekend in Road America. Everybody saw what happened there. Let me hear, let's hear our opinions on it, bring you on, and talk about it as well, more so after Atlanta this weekend. But it's going to be great. If you like the show changes, great. We want, we wanted to keep In the Marbles in there as well. Keep the base of the show right there. But rambling about racing, 
can't beat it, man. Can't beat no, it. absolutely not. I like the terminology just because it's exactly what it is. You're rambling on. And whether that be because we we dislike an opinion or we like an opinion, so be it. Yeah, and, and everybody, nobody's going to agree with everything. I know I've disagreed with Preston several times, and I've disagreed with you several times, and you've and everybody just agree, disagrees with everybody. But one thing we can all agree on is we're here for one reason. Yeah, we like yeah, Grayson. And Bubba Wallace sucks. Well, Bubba Wallace doesn't suck. You know, if you're uh, well, okay here, and here we go, starting off with a bang here. Bubba Wallace doesn't suck. Bubba Wallace is if you're up there in the Cup Series. BJ McLeod, like a BJ McLeod, he doesn't suck. He's up there racing in the Cup Series. Even the worst drivers in the field are there you because they're good drivers. I'm sorry, you can't you can't compare BJ McLeod to Bubba Wallace. Why not? BJ McLeod gets in Bubba Wallace's car. He outdrives Bubba Wallace. Maybe you think so? We already proved that Eric Jones can outdo Bubba Wallace in the same equipment Bubba Wallace was in last year. True. I said that from the get-go. Yeah, but I mean... So far, the stats have proved it. Now, we still got plenty of races to go. And depending on if they go to a two-car team, if they bring in a a, a veteran driver, if that's what you want to call them, Bubba Wallace will still be a mid-pack running driver. Yeah, well, you make a point there because when they threw George Russell into a Mercedes for Lewis Hamilton when he tested positive for COVID last year, George Russell almost won that race in Bahrain, which would have dropped the stock of Lewis Hamilton. Absolutely. But, but I, I think Bubba Wallace, I don't know what the deal is with him. I don't know if it's the pressure getting to him. I don't know if it's the expectations he's not meeting. Okay. One top if it's pressure, no offense, but he brought a lot of that pressure on himself. Well, yeah, I mean, one could say that that he did bring the pressure on himself. And, and others would probably say that he was thrusting into that spotlight after the events of what happened last year. But I don't think he's a, a horrible driver. He's up there for a reason. He's, you know, won a truck. Well, he's not a horrible driver. Even the booth up top is trying to backtrack on what they were saying at the beginning of the season. They were doing that two races ago. Well, yeah. Well, you know, it was just they, you know, too much expectations going into the year. Y'all were the one, y'all were the same people up there expecting this of him. Don't don't backtrack now just because he hasn't lived up to. I don't think it's necessarily the booth either. I think it's actually the fans as well. I mean, getting one top five, the team's first top five back. I think it was Pocono, as a matter of fact. Does you know that's that's a great accomplishment if you were maybe a. Spire Racing. A top five is a top five regardless, just the same way as a win is a win. But then he goes right back the next week and goes back to the same old stuff. So if it had not been a fuel mileage race, you know, where where would we have, you know, where would we have been at? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think Bubba Wallace is um, kind of an underrated driver when you think about it. But then at the same time, is he overhyped? More so than a bad driver. I think. Oh yeah, no, I I think that's probably the better terminology is the overhyped part. You get Bubba. And, I mean, Bubba Wallace is up there. I don't think because of his skin color. I don't think because of his background or anything. I think he's up there because he can drive a race car. You put me on the track with Bubba Wallace. I'm not going to be able to probably outperform him. He, I will take me a quite a. Oh yeah, dude, light a bumper to Yeah, but if I could catch him. You know, the best racing experience I have is eye racing, and you got to get a good start. Yeah, but that's it. One, one could say that Bubba Wallace is a, I guess you could say, overhyped driver, and but I don't think he's a no, bad I'm driver. Not say that he, I'm not going to say he sucks. I know I let off for that. Overrated and overhyped. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like there's drivers like your Corey LaJoy's. Yeah. And, and more people like that that would do better in that same equipment and perform better in that same equipment than what Bubba Wallace has been performing in. And who's to say? I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming down the pipe this silly season. Last week, after we released last week's episode, Chip Ganassi sold their team to Trackhouse Racing. That opens the door up to a whole new silly season expectations. Where's Mm -hmm. Kurt Busch going? Where's Ross Chastain going? I mean, scuttlebutt is that Kurt Busch is going to be moving over to 
23 11 racing and starting their second team. That could be Ross Chastain's seat for all we know. Chastain could maybe go over there. Kurt Busch could go to the commentary booth. Not, I mean, not nothing's really set in stone for that team and that organization. Trackhouse Racing wants to start another team. Could one of those drivers go over there? There's just so many much expectations going on that we're going to have to talk about in our silly season episode. Yeah, I, but at the same time, with Ganassi Racing, they bought two charters. Trackhouse already had one charter, so that's three charters. And so, which the charters brings me to a whole different topic. I think they should do away with them. I don't like the charters. I think that's the dumbest thing they ever did do. Then so, being NASCAR, yeah, I think so too. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I mean, let's face it. What's the point in the charters when you only got thirty six, thirty seven cars showing up for a freaking race anyway? No, it's true. But I mean, going back to twenty three eleven and Bubba Wallace, I think um, you know, I, I expected more out of him before we move on to the charters. I expected more out of Bubba Wallace. I'm sure everybody else in associated with NASCAR who's a fan of NASCAR in the sport wanted to have more, I guess, maybe expectations and better results. I mean, I was expecting by this point five top fives, a few more top tens, and possibly a win. We'll just have to wait and see on that because it's it's just one of those things where bubble. No, up. I think I think after the Daytona race, after the way he was running at the Daytona race, and being so aggressive so early in the race, right then nobody would work with him. I, I think that pretty well set the tone for the season. Um, you know, I think he was so anxious to prove himself that he made so many enemies in the process. As, as much as we want to see beating and banging defenders off these cars, you can't go out there and do that. Well, well, let me ask you this: since we're before we get into our your your idea and takes on the charter system, if Bubba Wallace somehow turns it around the second half of the season, let's say he goes to Atlanta, finishes top five, he goes to Watkins Glen, runs top ten, goes to indianapolis motor speedway as far as the road course and runs another top 10 let's say he starts clicking off top fives and top tens would your opinion change of bubba wallace as him maybe being it's a tough tough question yeah because in my opinion he's had more than enough time yeah okay i feel like you're back to our corilla joys and our other guys that have put in the work and effort just the same and haven't had the breaks when are they going to get their time like that? Oh, who's to say Bubba Wallace? I mean, not Bubba Wallace. Who's to say Corey LaJoy won't get picked up by twenty three eleven racing next season, or tra- a track house happens, or, or that, track house racing? And if that happens, great. I just think that it's I don't know. It, it might be too too little, too late for me to change my opinion of Bubba. Not not necessarily if you know that he sucks or whatever, but just that. Well, you know, no offense, you're given twice as long to prove yourself as anybody else has ever been given. Look at Eric Jones at Gibbs. Eric yeah. Jones is only there, what, two years? Yeah, but, like you know, he's got a Southern 500 and a Daytona win under his belt, not to mention a clash win in 2020, I believe, in a it's memorable finish. Food. Memorable finish. But, um, so, you know, it, it's such a... I think it's such a sore, sensitive subject with Bubba Wallace. I think when you talk about Bubba Wallace, when anybody talks about Bubba Wallace negatively, it, it, it's, it draws such negative attention to that and to where to the point where you can't even talk about Bubba Wallace. And that's unfortunate because, you, I mean, people talk bad about Jeff Gordon all the time and nobody was. I'll, put, I, I'll say this. If he does start running better, let's see how he let's see how he handles himself attitude wise. Fair and we'll enough. go from there. Fair enough. All right. The charter system. You brought up the charter system. Not happy with it. So give us your expectations or give us your reason why you don't like the charter system and give us the reasons why you think the charter system should go away. I don't like it. I, I don't like the fact that you know, the majority of the field is guaranteed a spot in, in in every race. Granted, the cost of running a Cup Series car is through the roof anyway. It has skyrocketed over the past few years. 
Um, I think Dale Jr. was talking about it not too long ago when he was talking about possibility of him running a Cup Series team. He said the main thing keeping him from doing it is the charters. He said the cost of the charters. He said if it wasn't for the charters, it would probably cost more to run an Xfinity team than what it would the the new next-gen cars coming out. That was just something I had heard kind of secondhand. So, you know, I may not have all the facts straight on that, but I just, you know, I think it prevents – because, you you know, you always have people – you always have more cars show up for certain races. I think if you got rid of the charters, it, it might open up the playing field a little bit. At the same time, that would mean NASCAR's got to go back to we got to qualify every race. And right now they're not doing that. So the charters is set in stone. I, I do miss the days where provisionals were a thing, where 70 cars would show up for the Daytona 500 for a 43-car field. Names we've never heard of, names we'll never hear of again, qualifying, just chasing a dream. I do miss that. And do I agree with NASCAR on that? No, I'm not a big fan of the charter system. Mainly for one, it's just too many moving parts. It's limited to four cars a team, which I can understand that. Nobody wants to see half the field filled up with Hendrick Chevrolets and the other third filled up with Joe Gibbs Toyotas and then the last third filled up with Penske Fords. No one wants to see not, that. Not not this year with Hendrick, by no means. Not, no, not this year because then it would just be a Hendrick domination. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. And I so I understand NASCAR's idea of the charter system. Well, even but even I, before the charter system, they were limited to four-car teams. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see. I saw four Jack Rouse teams or cars in the field, four Hendrick cars in the field, two Joe Gibbs cars in the field. I mean, this was back early 2000s. Three DEI cars, you know, mm-hmm. lit, and what, two, one Penske car with uh, Rusty Wallace. So there wasn't like a whole field. Ever. Then you had the Jack Roushes and not the Jack Roushes, but the Robert Yates and the, all these polka dotted cars in the field. It was a, it was interesting, but you still had your normal players up front, the Hendricks, the Gibbs, the Robert Yates, and the Roushes. But I don't necessarily think getting rid of it will fix it overnight. I still think it's, it's, it's an expensive sport to get into. You know, if I were to hit the lottery, yeah, I'd get into it, but I haven't hit the lottery, so I'm not going to get into NASCAR because I don't have the cash flow for that. But I, I think it's expensive either way. I think it may be cut down on cost a little bit, but the charter system to me is... It's not a hill I'm willing to die on. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I agree. I, you know, and I, I think a lot of the thing behind the next-gen car is to maybe make it cheaper. But I think we can knock two birds out with one stone there by rolling in the next year. Hey, got a new car, no charters. You got four-car maximum team. That, that's what you got. Used to. You can bring in a fifth car occasionally. Um, Hendrick done that back when um, Chase Elliott would run – a limited number of races and the 25 car, I think it would open the door, but they got to go back and qualify. Yeah. And I think and they I'm, eventually will. I think they eventually will. Yeah. I, and I think they will, but I'm fine with them going out there. I'm all for them not getting two days worth of practice. These guys are super smart. They got top notch freaking engineers working in these shops. They don't need two days of practice. I'm sorry. Cause if you don't, it, these guys are already unloading really close to where they need to be. I say you go out there, you get a 30-minute practice session on every track except restricted plate tracks. Restricted plate tracks are up to an hour. That's it. And then you roll into qualifying the same day. Yeah, I mean, we, we could possibly see that. I think it'll eventually go back to normal. I mean, everything's starting to open back up. NASCAR, but it's it's tough to... Put Pandora back in the box after the cost saving of not qualifying and not practicing a lot. I mean, teams don't want to spend as much money as they can on race weekend as far as tires and fuel when they can spend it on research and development and stuff at the shop. It's going to be a tough one for NASCAR here in the next year or so. Folks, going to take a quick break from the show here and remind everyone out there about our online store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. There you can find our latest show gear such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, 
pine glasses, and so much more. Show everybody, whether you're at your local short track or the high banks of Daytona, that you are a fan and avid listener of In the Marbles. And if you order now till the end of July and use discount code tailgate, you'll get an additional 20% off of your order. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. Or if you head over to our website in the marbles.net under the merch tab, you'll see the link that will take you directly to the store. Again, if you use discount code tailgate between now and the end of July, that's 20% off your order. All purchases go to help in the marbles bring you more content in the future that's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles tailgate for 20 percent off of your order but i got i got a thing here shifting gears to atlanta after this weekend's race here at atlanta Atlanta's going to be going through a slight reconfiguration and i wanted to get your opinion on this because tony stewart was pretty adamant about drivers not listening to NASCAR, and so was Denny Hamlin. But I'm going to read you the before and after as far as the track specs for the Atlanta Motor Speedway. It's called the Next Generation Profile, or Reprofile, sorry, at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Apron is still going to be two degrees of banking, but the old transition for the apron is going from four to 18 degrees, the current banking is at 24 degrees. It's going to add four more degrees to 28 degrees of banking. And the width is going to be le- uh, narrowed quite a bit by three inches on the ba- on the front stretch from 55 degrees, from 55 inches, I'm sorry, to 42 inches on the back stretch. It kind of sounds like to me that Atlanta Motor Speedway is trying to be the next Darlington Motor Speedway narrowing that track. And Denny Hamlin was not happy about that. He tweeted this, With all due respect, this same group has been has reconfigured Texas, Kentucky, Bristol with zero driver input. One of those lost a race, the other one that we don't race anymore, and the last one we put dirt all over it. But hey, what do drivers know? As a driver... They'll be at a cup, or a cup-like level down there at a local short track in Alabama. Do you feel that tracks need to listen to drivers before reconfiguring the racetrack? To an extent, I, I would say so. You know, Denny Hamlin made a valid point there. You know, one of them don't race anymore, and then yep. he into Bristol whenever they took the uh, that progressive banking away, I believe it was. You know, I would like to see a mile and a half track go to some type of banking like what Bristol used to have. Yeah, thirty six um, degrees. Uh, not well, not like that. Yeah, okay, steep not that seat, but you know, just no. That would be a freaking death trap almost, man. The configuration of the banking, I guess, the way Bristol used to be before they redone it, because you know Bristol used to be you could run bottom, middle, or top. It, re- it really is more it's, of a, it's, more of a top top track. Yeah, it's lost. It's I think it. Well, and and I'm not a driver. I'm a fan first, and I always will be. But I think this is um not a bad idea. This is going to be as far as the track history of Atlanta. It's second major reconfiguration. And I mean, it needed look. It needed a repaving. I will say that. But uh, you know, it, I, I would have to go against reconfiguring it like other tracks have. Be different. Right. Yeah, be different, and, and I think that's what they're going for, but it seems to me like with the configuration of it and it being narrow, they're trying to turn, into, they're trying to turn Atlanta into the next Darlington. Man, I mean, do you, I don't think Atlanta needs to change, and I think Atlanta's a good track as it is, but Denny Hamlin makes a good point. He said, who's to say they don't reconfigure it, and then two years later, Atlanta's off the schedule. Because they're doing, no, I, I, they're doing the know, same thing. I, in, in, I don't like Dan Hamlin, but I agree with him on that one. Um, they're doing the same thing at auto, at auto Club. They're going from a two-mile oval, which was a beautiful facility. I've I've only flown over it going to, back to Japan. But they're changing it into a half-mile Bristol of the West. And I don't... Uh. And we don't need another half-mile, man. We, we don't. Bristol, Bristol, and Martinsville are half miles. Yeah, and, and then Richmond is a three quarters mile. Are three quarter mile. We need more miles. 
like a Dover. Yeah. Now yeah. I liked Nashville because of it being a one point three three mile or whatever. Yeah, one point three three mile oval. Yeah. But more one mile tracks, man. More more of them. I you know, we got plenty of mile and a half tracks. Yeah. That's proven because we got so many of them we don't even run some of them anymore. No, I mean we don't, and it's unfortunate. Uh, I mean like Chicago Land. Yeah, yeah. I mean Chicago Land's done gone. I mean that was a yeah. beautiful facility, a great racing history there, and I, I miss Chicago Land off that the That was schedule. some of the best. They had really good races there too. They really did, and I miss that. I miss Kentucky. I miss uh, that track entirely because last, I mean, I think it was a couple of years ago when Kurt Busch beat Kyle Busch. That was fantastic yeah. racing, though. Be it yeah. a green white checkered finish. Still great, exciting racing till till the end. But I want you to listen to this. This is a clip from Coffee with Kyle Petty. I don't know when this was. I don't know if this is recent or this is an old episode. But he's talking to Tony Stewart, and I want to hear what you. I want you to hear what Tony said, and get your opinion on it. And by all means, if you're listening out there, let us know what you think of Tony's comments. I don't know, five years ago, maybe six years ago and sat with NASCAR and, and said, these are the things that we think will help make the sport better. And a person in NASCAR that I won't name sat there and looked me square in the eye and said that everything that we were talking about and what I was saying was 180 degrees backwards from what they thought was going to fix it. Yeah. And, and this is a guy that never worked on a race car, never driven a race car, that worked for an auto manufacturer that came in and all of a sudden he was smarter than everybody that's ever been around the sport and driven race cars for yeah. 20 plus years. And that's kind of when I was like, we're in, we're in bad shape. We're in trouble. Tony Stewart is now being a successful series owner yeah. with SRX, doing a great job. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Fantastic job yeah. with that racing. It was it's great racing. Everybody on an equal playing field. And I know SRX isn't NASCAR. IndyCar is not NASCAR. Formula One's not NASCAR. You're comparing two different, you know, oranges to apples. Yeah, you're you're comparing oranges to apples, oranges to grapes. However you slice it, you can't compare. And we we're guilty of that on this show a lot of comparing Formula One to NASCAR, for instance, and saying. The racing isn't as good in Formula One because they're not beating and banging and stuff, and that's kind of a wrong of us. But you look at SRX and what they're doing, making great waves in there, and they're going to be rivaling NASCAR here before long, not just on short tracks, but I dare say they they might hit up a Richmond once in a while. They're not going to just run six races next year, I tell you that. This is an experimental year. No, that won't happen. That That'll that season schedule will easily double next year. I truly easily, believe. Easily. Now, Tony Stewart talking about that brings up this point. Driver input. I think this is kind of what it boils down to. Driver input. Does NASCAR need to listen to drivers more? I say yes. It's like trying to control a hockey game when you've never strapped on skates and been out there, whether it's in the beer league, whether it's in the ECHL, all the way up to the NHL. You cannot really take the advice of someone who's never done it. If I if I try to talk to you like what needs to change in the sport of hockey, you're going to look at me like I don't know. I don't watch a game. If I oh, yeah, if I try, if I if I tried to tell you what they need to change at South Alabama Speedway, you're going to look at me like you've never dri- you haven't driven one lap here. 
So does NASCAR does NASCAR does NASCAR need to listen to the drivers? Yes or no? Absolutely. Is there certain subjects that that boils down to that I think they should uh, the drivers' input should be about? Yes. All in all, it, how to make the sport better? Absolutely. The people ain't watching the president and CEO of NASCAR every Sunday. They're watching the dang drivers and the pit crews. Right. And Tony Stewart really did say it best. They listened to some guy that from the manufacturer come in. That, which which I, know, if I had a guess, it, ha- it must have been a Toyota. I, I would probably if I say so. If I had a guess, it, I can't tell you who, but maybe it, a Toyota. Toyota funnels a lot of money into NASCAR. And I'll, I'll add on to this from – Working on cars for 12, 13 years for a living, just because you work on them, Doesn't don't make you a freaking expert, especially no. when it comes to the motorsport side of stuff, right. and especially in NASCAR, because you might go work in a Chevrolet dealership or be some freaking big wig district technician rep or whatever you want to call them, or regional tech or something like that, whatever, whatever the term you want to use. It's a night and day difference when it comes to working on an everyday vehicle yeah. to one of these cup cars or Xfinity cars or trucks or Archer cars or whatever. It doesn't matter. There, it's, it's a night and day difference. So driver's input, yeah, it, it, it makes a hell of a difference. Right. And it's probably one of the bigger inputs that they should listen to. Now, let's play the political side of this. Are we going to listen to the drivers, or are we going to listen to the side the money comes from? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the big problem there, and you, you, you make a good point devil, there. Devil's advocate there. You have to in this doing this podcast thing, man. Sometimes, who who ultimately pays the bills? Is it the sponsors? Yeah, they pay a good part of it, but is it or is it the fans? Yeah, who buy merchandise? I mean. If you watch our YouTube channel, you see behind me that I thousands of dollars I, I spent annually on NASCAR memorabilia, diecast tickets, anything with the logo of NASCAR on it. I I tend to buy. But yeah, you bought a Dale Earnhardt Senior Fire Suit, a piece of a Dale Earnhardt Senior Fire Suit, <laughs> and I won that in auction. I, I got lucky with that. It's a little swath. I'll sh- I'll post it on Twitter here. But man, I mean, it's um, and and, a Bra- and by the way, Brad Keselowski signed replica helmet. Caroline wasn't happy about that, but I mean, oh. to me, me throwing in, yeah, I'd say thousands of dollars in what I enjoy doing, and that's going to NASCAR races, investing in that is is spitting in the ocean compared to what Coca Cola brings to the table, Bush Beer, Geico, Xfinity, Ally Bank, Keystone Light, Discount Tire. You name a sponsor in NASCAR, and, and I'm spinning in the ocean. Now, I think they're when the, when it comes to sponsors, they're going to want to see their name and their product up front. I mean, I think I think sponsors speak more about where the state of NASCAR is than anything, because at the end of the when the white flag comes out on every NASCAR race, it's white flag is out, final lap presented by Credit One Bank. And it's unfortunate that NASCAR has gotten to that point where I feel money has determined the state of the sport vice the quality on the track. Because the quality on the track, to me, is more important than whatever sponsor. There could be no money in there, but if it's good quality racing, the fans will make up the difference. I agree. I, I watch your races all the time there in South Alabama Speedway, and I see good quality racing. I see guys that, you know, hate to crush dreams here, but never going to make it past that track. But they go there every other weekend, put on a good show for the fans. Stands are always packed. People spending however much it gets cost getting there to the grandstands about, what, 20 bucks? You know, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's probably 8 or $9 a person to get in. Which, which is important. I, I would dare say by the time... They get food and stuff like that. Each person's probably spent twenty twenty five dollars a person there or not. Which is a good, you know, kind of like a minor league baseball game. Cheaper than a minor league ticket. 
Yeah. And, and I know when Caroline and I went to a Sumter dirt track, she enjoyed the mess out of it better than NASCAR. She loved the dirt track racing, which is a fine by me. I'll go to dirt track racing all the time. If you have these sponsors and money talks, I get that money talks determining the the state of NASCAR and not the competitors having an input and not having the fans having an input. The sports in trouble. It, it, it's just one of those things, man. No, absolutely. But uh, I just so. wanted to get your input on that because that was that was an issue that was brought up with the. Atlanta Motor Speedway changing that no driver has their input. And then I saw that clip from Tony Stewart and I wanted to get your input on that. This has been a, um interesting show. It, it, this is, this just feels like more of just us rambling about racing. And that's the name of the show. And that's what I like about it. It's just us talking racing, man. And um, which we do anyway, but Hey, we got a few announcements coming around the corner here, getting ready for our final thoughts. That hasn't changed yet in the show. So stay tuned after this read from Fanatics, and we'll get into our final thoughts here. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody out there in Into Marbles Nation about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Into Marbles are the voice of racing. If you head over to IntheMarbles.net under the Partners tab, there you will find a link to Fanatics. And it'll take you right to their NASCAR store, where you can find all your favorite drivers' hats, t-shirts, diecast, and more. But you don't have to just stop there. I buy all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear there, and Preston buys all his South Carolina Gamecock gear there as well. All purchases that help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you the best sports coverage 24-7 at unhingedsn.com. Make sure to head over to the Unhinged Sports Network to listen to your favorite shows, not just in the marbles, but all your sports podcast needs, such as football, basketball, hockey, and yes, racing. That's unhingedsn.com. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts here on the rebranded rambling about racing within the marbles. And before we get going here, our, our book here, The Complete History of NASCAR by Greg filled in with Brian Hallman. I was looking up this week in NASCAR. I got one here because we're still doing this week in NASCAR and driver of the week because I'd like that segment up at that part of the show and to give us a chance to talk about it. And I got a good one here for you, but there's a, there's an error in this book and you can't, you can't see the picture. I'll take it and post it up on social media and see if anybody else catches it before they listen to the episode or if they do listen to the episode but you remember the first race of Chicagoland, 2001? No. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a long time ago, buddy. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I remember the race from Chicagoland. And that race, not even maybe 50 laps in, Mike Skinner cut down a right front tire, sending him into the wall before the days of safety barriers. And he was hurt in that accident. He was knocked out. He, he was hurt. Missed, uh, I think, the remainder of the season on to next season. He, he was replaced by Robbie Gordon shortly thereafter. However, this book, The Complete History of NASCAR, has it wrong. There's a picture of Mike Skinner on fire, which didn't happen in that Chicago land race. And it said, and it says this, quote, from the book. Mike Skinner's number 31 Chevrolet erupts in flames after plowing into the wall during the early laps in the July 15th Tropicana 400 at the new Chicagoland Speedway. Skinner was able to get out of the car without suffering any burns, a testament to the quality of the fire-retardant uniform that NASCAR mandates. Skinner was badly shaken in the accident and would miss much of the remainder of the 2001 Winston Cup season. Go back... And, and I want you to do this, and I, Charlie, and I want everybody else out there, and type in Mike Skinner, Chicagoland Crash 2001 on YouTube. You won't see any flames. You'll see flames, but not like it's depicted here. Not car on fire. Not backed into the wall, caught on fire. Right front tire going down, caught on fire, which didn't affect him. He was knocked out in that accident. But uh, I'm kind of thinking that I should be an, uh, a quality control expert for the complete history of NASCAR because they got it wrong, which makes me wonder how rest, how more, how accurate is the rest of this book? 
Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I was looking up this week. Oh, you're, 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 you're right. It makes you question things. And it just takes one mess up to question the, what is it, the reliability, the, I forget the name of the word. I'll think of it after the show, but there it is. We'll still use the book. I like the book. It's, for the most part, good. I just found a flaw in it because it wasn't that. I think it was actually the Texas race that happened in. That, that particular accident happened in. But this week in NASCAR, considering that you don't remember the 2001 season, I'm sure you remember two races from that season. The Daytona 500 and the return to Daytona for the Pepsi 400. I'm sure every junior fan, Dale Senior fan, any fan of NASCAR remembers that race if they were, they were watching that far back. Mm-hmm. This is our This Week in NASCAR. Here they come, turn four, final lap of the Pepsi 400. Michael Waltrip in second, but it's going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. using lessons learned from his father to go from sixth to first and score the victory in the Pepsi 400. That's, uh, that's unbelievable. Yes! A man behind you did it for yes. you. You guys celebrate. You love you, man. You did it. That was beautiful. Very, very nice. Junior, you're happy. All right. You Look at that off. smile. <laughs> Sentimental favorite. Emotional favorite. Earlier in the broadcast, we talk among ourselves. Some of the moves he made on the track today looked like his father. 20 years ago, that happened today, July 7th, 2001. And that was an amazing... I remember watching that race. Yeah, everybody, I remember that yeah, one as well. Yeah, you remember every... I think every NASCAR fan that was watching during I, that I'm time. I'm pretty sure NASCAR fans... People who didn't watch NASCAR um, after the death of Dale Hart Sr. probably watched that race. Yeah, I, I would I would 100% say so. Even my dad, who isn't a big race fan, I came out talking to him. He was watching. He was doing something in the garden. I remember this. I can't believe I remember this. And I said, they're under caution. And he said, is Junior leading? I said, yeah, he's a leading. He said, that's good. I remember. I just remember watching that. It still gives me chills. I think it was more the call. I can see your dad's facial expression. Like only, only really meeting your dad once, <laughs> like and actually talking to him multiple days once. I could see his facial expression. Like he never once cracked a smile while he was telling you this and, and asking you this. Is no, like, he didn't. Is that good? Yeah. Or you know, is he leading? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that that's good. You, yeah, you figured him out. You figured him out pretty fast there, but yeah, I, 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 I think <laughs> I think it was more the call with Alan Bestrick that is so memorable that gives me chills. He, he Alan Bestrick. That's one of the main reasons I've watched SRX is Alan Bestwick. Absolutely calling that race, calling racing, or calling a race, not calling racing. Is he in the NASCAR Hall of Fame yet? He should be. Yeah, he definitely of, should be. He should be in the all of Motorsports Hall of Fame. He's definitely in our Hall of Fame here at Rambling About Racing. But man, that was your. And I, I just remember that race so well because it was so unique and so. It was, it was a very emotional. It was closure, and I remember I watched. Yes, that, there you go. That that was a good term, closure. And I was watching um, the. Not watching, but listening to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast when he had Jimmy Spencer on. And after that race, Jimmy Spencer was, I think, frustrated at the way his season was going and questioned the legality of Junior's car during that race. It's like, I think NASCAR, he he thinks NASCAR kind of staged it. Go back and listen to that. It's like, I think, the part one of the Jimmy Spencer episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On the Dale Jr. download, but hey, he talks about that, and that guy kind of rubbed Jr. wrong in the wrong way for a number of years, and I don't blame him on that one whatsoever. I I could see that where that would rub you very wrong. That would have rubbed me wrong, especially when somebody like Jr. 
is so dominant on restricted plates tracks. I mean, he won, what, four Talladega races in a row? Yeah, he won four in a row, which was amazing. So, I mean, and he's won many Daytona races If when you go to including the shootouts and the duels and stuff like that. Yeah. So, when it comes to restrictor plate tracks, man, you, you, you can't, you can't count that man out to have questioned the, the legality of, of the car and cars back then, man, you can make moves. Once you got to run, you can carry that momentum with a single car. Um, you didn't, you didn't have to have one, you know, you didn't have to have a freaking line of cars behind you to help carry that momentum. The cars back then didn't stall out. Uh, yeah, it, Jimmy Spencer might have been a little in the wrong on that one. <laughs> yeah, he was. And listening to his interview, I mean, I'm glad they talked it out and talked it over. But it was a good interview. Listen to it. Their DL Juniors podcast. Our driver of the week this week is actually from Charlie. I don't think we've done him on the show before, but Jeffrey Bodine's and Brett Bodine's brother Todd Bodine. Born February 27th, 1964 in New York. He is the 2006 Craftsman Truck Series champion, the 2010 Camping World Truck Series champion. His cup career goes like this. 241 races over 18 years. First race was in 1992 Budweiser at Watkins Glen. And his last race was the 2011 Pure Michigan 400. His Xfinity career 334 races over 25 years. First race coming in the 1986 Nationwide 150 at Martinsville's last race. It's 2017 4K TV 300 at Charlotte. His first one came at the 1991 Budweiser 200 at Dover. And his last one, the 2003 DarlingtonRaceway.com 200 at Darlington. Camping World Truck Series. 220 races over 11 years. Winning two championships again in 2006 and 2010. First race in the 1995 Heartland Tailgate 175 at Topeka. Last race 2013 Pocono Mountains 125 at Pocono. First win coming at the 2004 American Racing Wheels 200 in California. His last win, the 2012 Lucas Oil 200 at Dover. And Charlie, that will about do it, man, for our first episode rambling or not a first episode or rebranding of in the marbles to rambling about racing within the marbles thanks for being a part of the show man it's it, this is gonna be so much fun i think this is a setup set us up good for the future yeah no i i agree i i like this uh what this layout you would say or format i guess the flow of it you know we just kind of lead we still, you know, I really feel like we covered the same stuff we always do. Yeah, um, we just didn't rate the races. We just like kind we of normally did do. all at end after we just talked about whatever we wanted to talk about, really and truly. Topics led into other things, which is fine. That's rambling. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's kind of the whole concept of the show. Again, we want to have fans on. Just let us know what you think. If you like the changes we made, let us know. If you don't like the changes, let us know. Either way, Charlie's going to stick around for the long haul here. I promise everyone out there, Preston will be back. I don't know when. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. He will be. I, I'm by no means replacing him, nor do I wish to replace him. Like like Matt said at the beginning of the show, keep pressing in thoughts and prayers and yeah, he, um, maybe go, maybe yeah. by maybe by next week's show he can be back and I can just lead off with giving him a heck about something and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, and, so, it, and if you want to be a part of next week's show, reach out to us on all social media platforms or on our website in the marbles.net. Let us know what you just want to be on the show and just talk about racing. You could be on here the whole time, have a few beers with us virtually, unfortunately, and just talk racing. It's it's going to be great. We'll let you voice your opinions on stuff. We'll talk about. We'll bring up topics and talk about it. That's kind of the whole premise of the show now is just to talk about racing, man. We don't need to give you the stats on all the driving that happened this past weekend at Road America. Great racing, by the way. There, kind of bummed that Chase Elliott won, but let's face it, that, that kid's become a road course king, and really, yeah. truly, out of nowhere. I, I just. 
and this is where we get off on the rambling thing again, but it's so funny how used to teams would bring in road course experts to run these cars for, for the road courses. Now, of course, not team, not people that were competing for championships, but nowadays you, you don't see that. Everybody that drives these cars week in, week out, drive these cars on road courses. Yeah, they do. And it's pointless to bring in these road course experts now. Like your board was it Boris said they used to always bring oh, yeah, the Boris said. Uh, with the hairdo. Oh, I mean, yeah. he used to have his fan base that would follow him with where wearing yeah. the uh the hats with the hair and stuff like that. It's it's irrelevant now, man. He cannot he can't jump in one of these stock cars and keep up with the regulars because they they've become that that good. Um, yeah. Fluid and road course racing. Chase Elliott is is just beyond his years in, in road course right now and yeah. road, road course racing. That's and I hate to tell you, we, we can probably expect to see the same thing at Watkins Glen in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's He's got a really good track record at Watkins Glen. So yeah, he does. Yeah, keep your uh, eye out there. If you're heading to Atlanta, have fun, man, Charlie. I mean, anything else before we wrap up this, I think, fun future for the show? No, man, my, my final thoughts are, are just this. Anything y'all want to talk about, reach out to us on any of the social media platforms that Matt has previously stated. Um, anything, uh, any previous episode that you want to talk about or discuss that you that you agree with and you want to shed more light on, or that you disagree with and want to shed more light on, you know, e- either which road you want to go down there, let us know. We'll, we'll be glad to bring it, you know, bring you on the show there. Uh, whether that be, you know, speakerphone, something like that. Send or, you to Zoom just link. Get you on, yeah. Yeah. Get you on the Zoom Zoom call there. We'll get you on the show and, and get your opinion on it. And we'll, we'll hash it out. Cold beer and chit chat and play virtual cornhole or something. I, I don't know. So, <laughs> Think of it like a virtual tailgate. That's all I could say. Yeah, that, that's it. So, yeah, by all means, guys, reach out to us, and, and we'll go from there on everything. Yeah, and worry not. We're still going to reach out to drivers and people within the industry, whether it be Formula One, Indy, NASCAR, to have them on the show. Yeah. Especially get, get, in, get into some drag racing. Um, yeah, I'd like to have something a, like that. I'd like that's, to talk to one a, thing I don't think we've ever had. You know that I've never that we've ever had on the show yeah. or anything. So. Talk about all the different versions of drag racing, man. There, there's so many different that I didn't know about. You know, all you see on on TV is first one to the end wins. Yeah, that's drag racing. Nope. Oh, okay. so many, so, so many different versions of it, man. Like like the people that help me racing that drag race, it, it's literally you you have a certain time that you run, uh, and you can bust out. You can be the first one to the end and lose. But because you ran a faster time than what you're you're typically running, it's just bracket racing. That makes um, no it's sense. Weird. So, that makes yeah, no sense. Make, we'll, we'll, we'll get some people wait, on there. Wait, 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 wait. We're gonna okay. This is my final thought. How the heck do you run? I know in a sport it, it where you go from point A to point B as fast as you can, and you do that and you lose. So, what kind of twisted background? That was, that was my that was my thoughts. So you have your time trials, and just say you run a whatever it is. A, we'll say a, 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 a six two six. A six two six. Fine. Okay. From leaving the line to the end, quarter mile, right? Eighth. Eighth just, of a mile. Just okay. Throw, yeah, just throw, throw, throw with me here. You could be running against a car that runs a seven and a half second. It's it's weird, man. So the bracket racing changes everything. It, it, I, I, but I don't get that. You go you go to having all these other electronics in the car with the dial in boxes and stuff like that, where you can set it where once you release the button on the steering wheel, there there's a delay before it actually before it actually kicks in and goes. I, I, it's weird. I just have to get somebody else to talk to it that actually does it. Reach them out. Reach, re- reach out to them. Bring them on the show because yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to talk to them about that because I don't understand that. Folks, also, too, I, Charlie has a big announcement here. Not a big announcement, but he, Charlie's purchased a new computer. It should be, yeah. on, it should be on the yeah, way here, so hopefully by I the end. To, I actually meant to mention that earlier. Um, 
So if you really want to get some good laughs, um, you, we're eventually, me and Matt um, are going to start streaming some iRacing yep. uh, and spotting each other. Yeah. Uh, now, our, our spotting is 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 pretty on point. I'd say now. so. I would say so. Uh, um, I, I would like to say we you know we pretty well bring our A game to to the spotting side of stuff. Probably needs some work. Now I, I like my Speaking short tracks. That, oh my gosh! More. Speaking of that, I told you about this. I don't know if I <laughs> see. This is what's bad about rambling about racing. We just ramble. We we were in our final thought segment. And we're in, that, frog, that frog's back. Is is. <laughs> Well, well, remember when um, we were racing Chicagoland out there on the truck series, the C-Class racing and I-Racing, and that guy spun me out, and he wrecked himself, and he flipped? He's, yeah. He sent me a nasty gram. I think his name was Jason or Justin. I don't know. He's from St. Louis. I'm not going to give away his last name or his occupation. If he's listening, I doubt it because he hates my guts. He's from St. Louis. That ain't a good part of the country. He, so. he hates my guts. So he wrecked me. And he wrecked himself. Pretty much, he, he pulled a Danica Patrick and went into the wall after right. try, trying to wreck me. And granted, I was probably right. going slower, but he got a run on me. It doesn't matter. He sent me the nastiest letter afterwards. to read it back verbatim to you, but I'll just throw in this. You freaking idiot. I don't know how the freak you made it to C-class racing and stay there. And that fact that you're a freaking A-class driver, you freaking jerk you know he was just mad at me i was about to report him but then i remembered i don't think real men tell on each other you stitches, know just uh, so, yeah well yeah that too so i i wrote him back saying look man don't be mad that i beat you because he was a lap down at the end of the race and i finished like two positions ahead of him don't be mad that i beat you it's just a video game take a chill pill man you know I don't know why this guy got so mad. And I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty of sending nasty grams after the race. Usually, I if I could talk to them, I'll talk to them. Like, hey, man, that was pretty messed up. This guy was fuming at me. I mean, this guy, all he does after work, I guess, is I race. That's all he does. But if he's listening, come on the show. <laughs> come on the yeah. show. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk and, about and it. We'll show you they still want to agree with you on that, that part because I was watching it. Um, I had I had a bird eye view. Um, you you were in the wrong guy, if you're listening. But anyway, it's, it's neither here um, or there. But anyway, guy uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to us. I know it's going to be somewhat of a growing pain and readjustment here with the show, but bear with us. We're going to get all the edges ironed out. We're gonna it's going to be such a more fluid show. It's going to just be, I think, really just a. A good, like like Charlie said last week, a more podcast show instead of a, hey, you're here on Sports Center. Here's the deal with racing. It's like you, you you see that weekly on other podcasts and other stuff. We want to try to do something different, get fans interacting with that. I think we're going to go places with this. Charlie, once again, anything else? No, I, I can't say the same final thoughts twice, so. Yeah, because yeah. if we do, we may get off on another rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, we're just so. going to go down I, another I, rabbit I, hole. We'll save it for I'm, next week. I'm done. I, oh. I'm done. The frog's gone, so I'm going to leave it alone while, while we're. Yep, leave it alone, man. Again, if you're in the path of Elsa, like we are here in South Carolina, be safe. Continue to pray for Preston and his family going through these. Is that a, is that a hurricane yet or still a tropical storm? Yeah, no, it's a tropical storm. It's over land. It's just going to be rain all night for us here. Oh, it's already yeah, it's already made landfall. Yeah, it's already it's already starting to hit us right now. But be safe. Oh, with it's that. already that far in. Oh yeah, yeah, we're starting to get, feel the effects oh, of it. Oh wow, we literally didn't get any of it then. Yeah, yeah, we're feeling. So the what what we got earlier today was probably like what we are going to get. Of. But anyway, enough about the weather. Yeah, enough about the weather, folks. Thank you for continuing to support the show, continuing to listen to the show. We really do appreciate everybody taking the time out of their day, whether it's just on the drive to work or whatever, just listening to the show. We really appreciate it. More content to come. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that, especially when Charlie gets his computer. And with that being said, we're just going to wrap it up here. Same outro, but we'll update that later. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week and rambling about racing within the marbles. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And the links for those can be found at inthemarbles.net. For your convenience as well as our merch store 
and our partners of the show. Thanks again for Charlie for being an outstanding part of this show, a new addition to the show. For Charlie Herc as Preston Mood, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for tuning in to us this week. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.